It's the Pandarin Talk. The Pandarin Talk. Everybody knows it's the Pandarin Talk. The Pandarin Talk. The Pandarin Talk. Everybody knows it's the Pandarin Talk. Welcome back to another edition of the Pandarin Talk. This is a day in the life with Sean Dangler. That's weird. I always try new things and then I'm like, ugh. Probably wasn't the best idea, but whatever. There we go. This is Sean Dangler. I'm here. It's a day in the life. And this week, I'm going to talk about uh, the show Dirty Money, and specifically the episode about Wells Fargo. I think you should all listen. Listen to it. It's not a radio show. It's on Netflix. Go check it out on Netflix. It's basically a documentary on Wells Fargo and the shady stuff they've pulled it's the only episode of the Dirty Money series I've watched, but based on the descriptions of the other episodes, I would like to think that they're all kind of the same, just just financial companies or other types of companies being kind of shady. And that's not surprising at all. Uh, it isn't. The whole Wells Fargo, I might get, I don't know, if, since I'm in the Des Moines metro area, I might have spies come take me out of my basement for talking hearsay. Or not hearsay, talking dirty about Wells Fargo. Because they own this town. In a sense. Because they're, yeah, they employ a lot of people. I personally don't care if you are employed by them. I think you get bread. You gotta get that bread. Because I know they have good benefits and things. And that's fine. Like I don't care... To be an employee, you know, you gotta make that money. You gotta get that bread, like I said. But I personally would never work there just because of what the higher-ups, I guess, do, in a sense. I don't know. That's, that's I, Or what the company forces itself to do, whether it's the corporation, the CEO's, the shareholders forcing it. And I probably somewhere have money invested in Wells Fargo. I, yeah, I have to because I'm in an index fund. So I might be part of the issue. Oh, 401ks. Aren't they the best? You contribute to America's consumerism problem. It's amazing. But I gotta make money. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's not great. I, I was watching it. I think the reason... One of the reasons I wanted to watch it is I someone reached out. I cannot remember <laughs> if it was co-host Jordan or super fan, awesome fan Ryan Ruzika reaching out about it. Someone told me to watch it, and then I decided to watch it. And if it wasn't those two, oh man, I feel real bad for whoever it was. Because uh, I used to work for Bank of the West very briefly. I may have talked about it a little bit on this podcast, but I worked there ooh, seven months? Yeah, about seven months. And uh, I quit on 420. That was the only thing. That's the only thing I remember. <laughs> Specifically. Is I quit on 420. But if you haven't seen if you haven't seen this documentary Ish, because that's what the show is. It's it's pretty much a documentary that show shows the highlight. Obviously, it's not like Tiger King where it kind of shows you both sides of the story. Kind of, it's clearly yes. It's geared towards making you just dislike Wells Fargo. 
I get that. You know, that's what it is. I, the point of the show is, or the documentary, is a show that, you know, the upper management kind of got away with stuff, you know, really pushed people to sell things to people or just be kind of shady and sell things they didn't want. You know, it was about the whole Wells Fargo, you know, Wells Fargo having the fake accounts for everyone. Kind of just about that and how their unreasonable sales goals led to people doing just that. It makes sense. Because <laughs> when I was at Bank of the West, we were doing the same thing. Not as to an extreme. We were not making anyone's fake accounts. I can, say, I can firmly say that, at least from my end. I never saw anything like that. But the push for sales is what drove me to leave the banking industry. Because, yeah, it's kind of funny. One guy mentioned it in the, in the Dirty Money episode. About how, you know, you wanted to be a banker because you just want to help people. You know, you sat there, people came in, you know, like, I need a loan. You're like, sure, I can help you out. That's what I wanted to do. But you get in there and you realize you have to sell things because you get commission. And you're trying to sell, like, credit cards to people who do not need credit cards. (laughs) But you have to hit your sales goal, and that's one of the easier things to pitch. You know. Obviously, the thing was waiting for big money people to come in. And then you're like, hey, you meet our wealth advisor? Because you got more points, I think, or whatever it was. It's been like four years. And it could have changed since then. So that's what I should preface this all with. Is This is back in 2016. 20, late 2015, early 2016. So right before all the Wells Fargo stuff hit the fan. So maybe they've changed their ways, but... Basically, why I'm saying all this is I'm just corroborating that Wells Fargo wasn't the only one. They just was they were the worst of the pack, and I can I can also say that because I worked with a lady who worked with or at Wells Fargo briefly, and she was like, "Yeah, Wells Fargo is a lot worse than this." But we were going down that path. I know at Bank of the West because I think a few of the people I worked with, you know, at first. It, I specifically one one of my coworkers. She just I think she kind of got sketched out because it seemed they just focused more and more on sales and just trying to sell, sell, sell. But it didn't make like any sense because like the people who come into the bank typically usually don't have a ton of money. You know, it's really hard to sell to people who don't have money like we got money this is kind of what happened is we got referrals or we got points or bonuses whatever if you pushed people over to the personal bankers and then the personal bankers had to make the pitch on what they wanted the people to have you're rewarded for doing that and i do remember and they said this also in the documentary that wells fargo people would you know at the beginning of the day be like hey how many how many cross sells or how many accounts you're gonna to open today? I I do remember that kind of happening. It wasn't as again, it wasn't as excessive. Like it wasn't. It was kind of just one point of the day. It wasn't like uh, morning lunch closing time or sometime in between there. It wasn't that bad. But it it was bad, <laughs> and that's why I I was I was shocked watching the Wells Fargo thing because I was like, man, we were very similar to this. We weren't 
as far down that road when I was with Bank of the West, but it was there. Like it was totally sketchy. And that's why, like, I don't know. I was super burnt from burnout from sales, even from a short time after that. Cause I remember, I don't remember if we, when we first started, it was like this, but I remember we started having sales nights where we'd have to stay after work longer and call people and tell them we had say like try to pitch a sale on them but they could i remember the customers could they knew we were what we were doing they'd ask to just not be on the list and that's how it would work but that's but i remember i remember you, the goal was you would call say something like you would usually use some kind of in you know you'd be like hey I see you've been blah, 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 or I've seen, you know, you have a mortgage account with uh, U.S. Bank. You know, we have our own mortgage thing. How about you try that out? That's what we would do. I remember I was being trained to look through people's finances, which, okay, kind of makes sense, but also kind of unethical I guess in my mind to try to help I wouldn't say we were doing it specifically just to target you know like I'm gonna sell them this because they have a ton of money but I do remember we would target you know you'd look through people's accounts and kind of see like I just remember looking this one lady's account and she went to the casino a ton <laughs> I don't think we really pitched her on anything because we're like, well, she's blowing her money at the casino. But you look through people's finances and just kind of see what was going on. And like, oh, they have a credit card with Discover. Okay, let me call them and I'll I'll ask them, hey, we got a credit card here at Bank of the West. You want that? It's like that type of stuff. Which it's not completely like dirty. But at the same time, like I personally don't want anyone looking through my bank account and then calling me. And making a recommendation on what they want. Or what I should get. And that's what we were doing when I was Bank of the West. It was, and I don't blame any of the people I worked with. I don't. Because they were they're the same as in the Wells Fargo thing. You know, we were all in it together. I blame the people up top. Like, it just, the pressure to do sales was just stupid. And I thought at a bank, you know, you were there just to help the community. And that's not what the case was. And that's what was so frustrating about it. And that's what just ultimately left. I I, I, got, I left because I was so burnt out on the sales because I was like, this is shady. I don't believe in what we're selling. I think we're just selling to sell. And so like I, I when I went to my next job at CTI, I straight up was like, I remember like, I don't know if it was the first day, but one of the days I was just like, yeah, I don't want to sell at all. I'm super burnt out on it. Like I just don't have an interest in it. And now, after a few years of reflection from that, and realizing sales do kind of matter in this world, I'm not going to do Bangalore sales. I will only sell if I believe in what the product I am selling in, and I trust the people I'm selling it for, who I'm making money for. When I was at Bangalore, it's an evil corporation just doing it, basically. But if it's for a person I, I know... Like, at CTI, it wasn't as bad, because I knew the people. You know, if I had to sell, I would have. I was considering that at some point. And I know that's... You can always find a sales job if you have to. 
It's a lot easier to find a sales job. So that's, I, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. So I, what I'm saying is, you know, the Dirty Money, watch it because it shows how shady Wells Fargo was. It is, I will also say from a documentary standpoint, because as, as you know me, I'm a connoisseur of documentaries. It is definitely kind of a hit piece on Wells Fargo. Because, it, it, I mean, there is no defense of Wells Fargo. No one's like, yeah, this is why. There probably isn't a defense. I, I mean, I'm not expecting Wells Fargo to, like, try to be good about that. They are shady. They don't do good things at times. Hopefully they've changed now. I don't... Anyone who works there, totally fine. I have no problem if you work there. They have great benefits, great pay. It's the upper management for putting people in those positions is the issue. And mainly, it really ties to... All the people I know and mainly know do not work in the retail banking locations. They work in the corporate office, which I'm, I'm sure there's some trickle down, but they don't really... Not in that pressure to sell, sell, sell. Same with them people I worked with, Bank of the West. All great people. I enjoyed my time there. Uh, I just didn't enjoy the selling and that climate of it, I guess. That's that's it. Really? Holy man. I, I just had a, a thing. Sorry, one more thing. I remember in Dirty Money that the... Main thing, one of the main things that one of the main people say, that's a great wordage here, was that when he first started at Wells Fargo, the first day, one of the personal bankers took him over and made him basically sign up for all these accounts, or some of these accounts he didn't need, because that was helping that banker hit the goal, and he realized that, you know, the further he got in. I had that happen (laughs) at Bank of the West. I didn't go for it, but I do remember being asked by one of the personal bankers, hey man, you should get an account here, you know, because you work here. I remember that happening now. Oh man, good times. Blacking stuff out of my mind and then remembering it. That totally happened. Oh, just great. (laughs) Oh, they're all shady. Yeah. They try to get their own employees' accounts so they can get their own, juice their own numbers. It's crazy. All right, that's my time. Uh, that's Sean Tangler on A Day in Life on the Panarin Talk Network. Ooh, sounds kind of cool. All right, that's my name. Like, subscribe, please. Y'all are awesome. Stay safe and healthy. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Panarin Talk. If you got any questions, concerns, or comments, just hit us up on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, all under the pandering talk. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.